Simone Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. This is your favorite person, Serena. The Bellissimo Files on spin. And now your host, yes. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? I hope you're having a great start to the weekend. I have such a fun show on the way today. First of all, I'm going to be joined by the man with the best laugh in the industry. You all recognise that, don't you? It's Ricky Gervais. He's going to be talking about the final season of Afterlife. I know it's crazy to end it now. Well, I'll also be joined by some of the cast of Scream and Gail is going to be reacting to her ABCDEFU success. It's so shocking and amazing and exciting. And up next, I'm going to be introducing you to our one to watch, Ruben Hester. Oh, This week's one to watch left for Manchester to make music at just 16 years of age. Since then, he's also lived and played music in Amsterdam and Berlin. And just a couple of years ago, he featured in Little Mix's music competition show, The Search. He's just released his latest single for the moment. It's Ruben Hester. Ruben, welcome to the Blissimo Files. Thank you very much. Ruben, I'd like to go right back to the start. Mm-hmm. Where do you find the guts as a 16-year-old to leave home and go to another city all on your own? I think it was, the pressure was like, you just need to go in and live, go and live your dream. I think growing up in a really small town kind of pushed that. If I grew up in a more built-up area, I wouldn't have had the envy to go to a big built-up city. Where was the town that you grew up in? Uh, it's called Enniscorthy, the very, very, very bottom of uh, Wexford. So. so what did family and friends think when you went, I'm going at 16? Um, a lot of them thought I was crazy. <laughs> well, I dropped out of school for starters. Um, you know, you're leaving school, you're leaving your friends, you're leaving your family to do what? Music. You're going to sing on the streets. What? <laughs> Ruben's lost his mind. So, yeah, everyone thought I was crazy at the time. What was the reality like? You get yourself to Manchester, you're 16, you start busking. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, difficult, very difficult. You know, I would go to college and then in my lunch break, I would run into the city centre, I would busk to make some money to then buy my lunch and then run back and this was like 45 minutes. Yeah, I remember busking for the first couple of times and just like I had no amplifier, no microphone and the amount of times I just got called Ed Sheeran was just ridiculous. (laughs) You've also lived in Amsterdam and Berlin. What was that like? Were you making music there as well? I was, yeah. I got a one-way ticket to Berlin with my guitar and my amp and I was like, let's just see what happens. And when I got there, it was really, really good. And uh, I liked Berlin so much, I'm actually here right now. This is where I live at the minute. Wow. So then fast forward to just a couple of years ago, Little Mix were doing their show, The Search. What made you want to audition for that? Well, originally it wasn't something that I was going to do because... For me, like X Factor, The Voice, any kind of talent shows was kind of, I didn't want to be seen as maybe like, you know, uh, as seen on this TV show yeah. once and then forgotten about. Yeah. So I kind of, I, they messaged me and I said, no, I said, you know, I really appreciate the offer, but it's not for me. And maybe a week later, they said, hey, you know, Ruben, we'd love to chat with you a bit more because the format of the show is a little bit different. And uh, we had a phone call, uh, I declined again, actually. And then they said, look, we're in Manchester. Come and meet us for a coffee. 
they kind of explained that it wasn't this typical X Factor format. And the, the producers were absolutely incredible, super nice people. I still keep in touch with them. Um, the girls, obviously, from the TV show, Little Mix, they were incredible as well. And it was just one of the best things that I ever did. I got so much out of it, and the experience was just incredible. Yeah, tell me about that experience and what you got out of that. How different yeah, I, was it to your expectations? You know, I've had a lot of friends who've done X Factor, and they've told me, like, oh, you know, we've, we've waited in a line for maybe, you know, eight hours of the day, we're all starving, blah, blah, blah. When I got there, they put us in a room, and... They brought us, they had like a, a big catering staff come in. They fed us beautifully. They gave us the hotels. I got to work with some of the best vocal coaches that, you know, are available for any artist, which I could never afford by myself at the time. Yeah. So just that alone was was huge. And then the, the whole being on TV in front of the cameras was great. And the producers became like our friends and they were there from start to finish, holding our hands, you know, and they made the process so comfortable for us it was just amazing and the girls were fantastic as well because hasn't leanne dropped you a couple of dms yeah they were really really amazing and when i left the show they all came to me and gave me a hug and they said you know you you need to be a solo artist you need to go out there now and release your tunes and be solo and when when i did they shared the music on their social media straight away and they messaged me and you know just the support that they give is, is really really great and there you are out there trying to make it as a solo artist i love yeah. your latest track for the moment tell me about that one the songs that i've been writing recently they're kind of like a story uh, i see each song as like a chapter of a book this one is like the story of breaking free of my mold of my dark days and living in like the right now it's about giving yourself time to, to kind of take a minute for yourself, take a step back and breathe for a second and uh, just reattach yourself to the world. I love that message. Well, Ruben, I hope you're enjoying the right now. I can't wait to see. I know we're not projecting forward, but I am going to in this instant and say, I can't yeah. wait to see what you do with the rest of the year. If people want to follow you, find out what you're up to, can you give us your socials? Yes, it's at Ruben Hester Music. Brilliant. Well, Ruben, good luck with everything and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Before I let you go, will you introduce your single for us? My name is Ruben Hester and this is my brand new track for the moment on the Bellissimo Files. We just keep on Hold it on. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. You're listening to the Bellissimo Files. We're now on the show. It's time for me to gush about Afterlife. This is the Ricky Gervais uh, series that is on Netflix. And I have to say, I think it's my favourite thing that Ricky Gervais has done. Ricky Gervais is Tony. He's a widow. He's just lost his wife to cancer. And it's a series that is all about how he deals with his grief and those around him. It is such a beautiful series. I know when it comes to Ricky Gervais, people have a love-hate relationship with him. Whatever your opinion of him, please put that aside and give this series a watch because it really is the most beautiful. I know I keep saying the word beautiful and exquisite, but it is the most beautiful piece of TV you will watch. The ep the series are six episodes long. There's only three series in this. And yesterday, the final season was released. And I got to catch up with Ricky and his co-star, um, Tom Basden, who plays his brother-in-law, Matt, in this series. And I was only going to watch, you know, maybe one or two episodes. 
I couldn't help myself. Before I knew it, I had binged all six and I was a mess. So if you are going to watch this, make sure you have tissues by your side. And it's also a bit of a laugh, as are Ricky Gervais and Tom Basden. Congratulations on another fabulous series. Thank you. Thanks. Ricky, you've given us another surprising and exquisite series. It's a beautiful way to wrap it up. I was a blubbering mess watching this. <laughs> How were you when you were writing it? Yeah, you you want to feel it. You want to think the things that if you're feeling it, then the then the, the audience will. You you never try and fake it. You never want to go. Um, well, I'm not bothered with this, but they might cry. Someone's got to catch you, and um, you know you can't help what you think. So, to a certain extent, my ideas aren't my own. They come to me, or they're they're memories, or they're based on something. So you get the best of the real world because they're things that. Even if they haven't happened to you, they've happened to someone, you're aware yeah. of it. And when it's something about grief, you know, it either works or it doesn't. You either make them cry and it's worked or it hasn't. So you do the writing and then you do the acting. And um, I can cry, but I can only do it once because then I feel better. But you can't you can't fake it. Or otherwise it'll look fake. You've got to really feel it. And then uh, you edit and I watch it about 70 times. But there's still bits that that get me, they're still bits that get me because it feels real and everyone's done such a great job. Tom, what was it like for you being a part of this whole experience? It's been such a such a joy to be part of and, um, you know, it's also just so lovely to be part of a show that grows like this and, you know, where the characters kind of get deeper and you really feel like uh, with every with every series that you, you, you come to understand everything more. I mean, as you'd probably imagine, it's a real emotional roller coaster making this show because you're going between scenes that are really fun Funny and like you know where we're all we're having a lot of fun on set doing it to scenes that are really emotional and really sad and sometimes you kind of you're sort of having to be throw yourself between those two extremes quite quite quickly but it's been just a, a, a real pleasure and I feel like yeah I feel quite sad that we're not doing a, a full series to be honest. Ricky there's a piece of advice that Lisa leaves Tony and she says be happy be kind be Tony. I think the first two are quite easy. There's something that you can practice and you get to it. But the being Tony bit, when the world is telling you to be something else or to have you doubt yourself, how do you be Ricky in this world? Well, I don't know. I think the important thing there was it, it might seem odd with, because the, the audience has seen all the terrible things he said and done, but she hasn't. She only knows him as this, as this lovely, funny, nice, stable partner. And so her advice is be that Tony. She doesn't know what he's gone through. She can suspect it and see that. So what's lovely about that is that he's the best person in the world to her. So her advice is be that be that person I know. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what what I am. I guess I'm just like everyone else, you know. I know that happiness and kindness are the most important things. And, you know, you, you, you sometimes have to, you have to fight with them or you're lucky. I, I, I know that I'm lucky in a way that I'm happy. I'm not burdened with um, depression or, you know. Uh, uh, so... I think that this show has made me um, much more grateful as well um, to, to explore grief. You know, as I say, it's also taught me that everyone's grieving. So you should just give people the benefit of the doubt a little bit more. 
You don't know why they're upset or angry or why they were rude. They might have a you know a much much worse life than you'd imagine. So I I, I think that and it's there's no revelation. Everyone knows how to live really. Everyone knows you should be kind and loving and honest and uh, but it, sometimes it's it's hard and uh, and the other thing is you can't help your emotions. You can't help being sad. You can't help feeling anger or. Um, so I think be honest. If you you know I think you can't go wrong there. Just be honest, and um, I think people appreciate that as well. I just finished speaking to a couple of your co-stars, and they're talking about a Christmas special. Tom, if Ricky was to to call you and go, "Are you in for a Christmas special?" Would you be up for that? Because we know there's not going to be a season. I've already, but I've already said that. It I've already told him now. I mean, <laughs> I think we should definitely do Tony as Santa. Oh, definitely. what the fat one? No, huh? is that the fat one? Because that well, that's not fat. the main thing about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not why he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. He is quite overweight, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, listen. I know it's crazy to end it now. There's no good reason to end it. It's the top of its game. Everyone loves it. The money goes up. I love working <laughs> with these people. But I just don't think I could end it better than I have. And you've got to move on. To I haven't got long left. I'm not. I've got not. I've got. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do some other ideas before I die. I'm fat like Santa. I haven't got a long... He's been going for a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for making that tough decision because I think the rest of us probably would ask for more and more until it runs out of steam. This yeah. way you guys have given us a beautiful series that I think everyone should watch. I'll be binging it again and again. So, Tom and Ricky, thank you so much for thank this you. and for your time. Cheers. If you haven't checked out Afterlife, do yourselves a favour. It is on Netflix now. You can binge season one, two and three over the whole weekend and it'll put you in such a great mood. Let's go! Demolissimal Files. What to watch. What to watch. There's a lot of excitement this week because there's a film that everyone has been waiting for. Can you believe it's just over 25 years when we first heard this? Hello? What do you want? I want you. It's showtime. It is showtime. And joining me on the line is entertainment.ie's Brian Lloyd to talk to us about Scream and Scream 2022. Brian, how's it going? Not bad. How are you? I'm good. Are you a Scream fanatic? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing the first one. This will kind of show me age here. I definitely remember seeing the first one yeah. uh, uh, when it was out on video. That'll tell you how long ago it was. What's video? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do, I will say, I liked the second one. I didn't like the third one, and I don't remember seeing the fourth one. And then I didn't watch the TV series at all. So. Oh, was there a TV series as well? Yeah, I don't think it was very good. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the TV series is very good. I think it went for like two seasons or something like that. And I didn't watch a bit of it. Were any of the originals in the TV series? You have me there. I want to say David Arquette, maybe. Okay. I don't think Courtney Cox was in it. I'm pretty certain Ned Campbell wasn't in it. I think maybe David Arquette, but yeah. I don't hold me to that. So it's back. Um, this yeah. is number five, although they're not calling it Scream 5. They've sort of yeah. just rebooted it, haven't they? Well, not rebooted it necessarily. They kind of did what Halloween did, which is that they brought back the original cast, but they brought in an entirely new cast along with them. And then it's really about kind of like, you know, sort of passing the torch. And what they've done as well, which I thought was really, really interesting, was the fact that 
they've actually in the film they've kind of commented on the fact that audiences are just way more savvy now than they've ever been because the big thing about Scream back in the you know the nineties or whatever was that it was what they called like meta horror, yeah, which was it assumed that the audience knew the kind of the rules you know you don't ever if there's a party you never go off on your own or something like that, and you know if you're a young girl and you engage in something a little bit whatever chances are you're going to be the first to die or something like that. Whereas this time around, it's kind of got all that, but then it's got a different thing on top of it, which is, you know, you know, people know not to answer the phone anymore if it's an unknown number. Some, I mean, that's literally in the first scene. Yeah. And even a whole thing of like, you know, slasher films are a little bit kind of passe nowadays. And, you know, people talk about like elevated horror, like, you know, Hereditary or The Babadook or The Witch or something like that. That's a big thing in the net. That, you know, people don't really kind of see slashers as being terribly interesting anymore. Um, so what's and I happening found that in really this interesting. One? What's happening so, in this one? So basically what's happening in this one is uh, after 25 years, uh, Woodsboro is being stalked once again by somebody killing people wearing the ghost face mask. And each of the victims or each of this kind of group of friends are related in some way, shape or form to the original killings back in 1996. Like one person, for example, lives in the house. Another one has another connection. Another one, um, their uncle was uh, Jamie Kennedy's character, the guy who came up with all the rules for Civil in a horror film. Yeah. Um, and while all this is happening, David Arquette, who was, you know, the sheriff of Woodsboro way back when, He's now retired, but he hears about this happening, and then he gets in contact with Courtney Cox, who's you know played Gail Weathers, and gets in contact uh, with Nev Campbell, and he tells both of them, "Stay away, don't come back to Woodsboro." But then, they don't listen. Little by little, they're drawn back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a clip. I've seen this movie before. Not this movie. He said we were going to finish this. Go finish it, Sydney. A clip there from Scream. I like that she said, um, I've seen this movie before because that was going to be one of my first questions. If you haven't seen any of the Scream movies before, can you watch this or do you need to go back and at least watch one and two? I would say, yeah. I would say go back and watch one and two because you definitely won't kind of, I guess, appreciate certain aspects of it. I mean, there are definitely some scenes in this that are literally shot for shot the same as the first and second one. But, I mean, you know, I think Scream was so popular. It was such a big thing. I think even if you haven't seen, you kind of know the significance of certain things. So it's not, it's not like, it's not completely important. It's not like, say, I don't know, Harry Potter or something like that, or Lord (laughs) of the Rings, where, yeah, no, but you know, like, in a way, like, really, if you haven't seen it, you wouldn't have a clue what's going on. I think you could get away with it, but you should have seen the first one and two. Okay, let's get down to the nitty gritty. There's been a lot of hype around this. Is it worth it? Are fans... We, we, this is a spoiler-free review, but mm. does it live up to the hype? Are fans going to be thrilled? Oh, fans, fans are going to love it. I, I definitely think fans are going to love it. And it's kind of almost a weird kind of commentary on that as far as I think, but I'm giving too much away. Is it worth the hype? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I, I, I haven't seen a horror other than, like, the one with Jamie Lee Curtis, the Halloween film. I haven't seen a sequel done this well. Okay. That kind of interrogates itself. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I would definitely say go watch it. Definitely worth checking out this weekend. Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. And there's a lot of scares in there as well? 
Yeah, but I mean, it's more kind of gross, I guess, than scary, or maybe that's just me. Yeah, like you, because I know you, you're kind of a bit of a wolf. Yeah, I don't know if you'd like it. Yeah, yeah. Not going anywhere near this. I'm not going anywhere near it. Yeah. (laughs) But that's because I'm a wuss, but I'm thrilled to see, because all the reviews that are coming from stateside as well is people loving it. So if you are a Scream fan, definitely check that out this weekend. Even though it's not Halloween, it feels really weird that this is being released in February rather than October. Yeah, it's funny because I think the original one was like in the, was in the summer. Like, look, you can enjoy a horror film any time of year, but yeah, you're right. There yeah. are certain films that should be around around Halloween. But I think Scream, though, that feels more like a kind of a summer thing. I don't know. The way they move around the move around movie releases this year and last yeah. year, well, look, it's kind of all over the place. It doesn't matter when it's being released because you're going to enjoy it if you are a Scream fan. Um, Brian Lloyd, as always, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Joining me to share her favourite things is one of my favourite artists, Irish artists, who has just released her brand new single, Body. I'm talking about Saleh. Saleh, it's so great to have you on the Bellissimo Files. I am so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, look, I'm so excited to have you on the show um, because (laughs) when you're on, it means that there's some new music. And I had a listen to your new track and I Mm -hmm. am absolutely loving it. Body is its name. Yes, body. I am so happy that you like it. Like, I'm always like, what What are people going to be like? Are they going to like this song? Because I love it, so I'm hoping they will too. So it makes me feel so good when I get positive feedback. Even if it's negative, I always just take it and I do better the next time. But um, thank you so much for, for loving body. It's It's been in the works for a while and we're finally putting it out. So super excited. It is really exciting though, because you're not mm-hmm. just putting it out. You've been supported by Spotify. Tell me about this. Yes, Body was written during a Spotify songwriting camp, um, literally like a couple of months before um, lockdown. And uh, it was such an amazing, amazing experience. I had the pleasure of working with another Irish um, artist um, called Kian Ducrow. He mm-hmm. wrote the song with me and it was produced by Swedish producer um, Mo Denebi. And I actually was late for the session and we ended <laughs> up like creating this amazing body of work. And it was during a Spotify session. And I think just having Spotify support and the song being born in a Spotify kind of environment, something that Spotify created for, for us, I think um, is amazing and I'm so glad that they're supporting this track as well. Well, as I said, I'm absolutely loving it. I love everything you put out and I feel like we know you, but we don't really know you. So I want to get to know you today through your favourite things. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? I know everybody's going to be like, what? But I love you on Netflix. Like, I just, and I'm late to the party, but everybody has, like, been watching this show already. So already on three se- seasons. I'm only on, like, season one. Yeah. It's so weird, but, like, so good at the same time. Do you have a go-to film, a favourite film? I would have to say My Girl with Macaulay Culkin. Really? I don't even know that movie. Like, I cry at the same scene every single time. But it's really good. And it's just one of those, like, you know, if you want a good cry, watch yeah. that movie. Favourite book? Ooh, now this was a hard one. I really wanted to be honest about this one. I haven't read a book since I was like 12. And this is really bad. But the book I'm even about to say is like, yeah, people will know I haven't read a book since I was a kid. It's all the Jacqueline Wilson books, all the Tracy Beaker type books, like 
that's how you know I haven't read a book since I was like preteen. Those were really good books too. So that's exactly. what I'm gonna say. That I was like, I'm not. Let me not lie. Okay, let me tell you the truth. <laughs> Besides <laughs> body and any mm-hmm. solaceum, what mm-hmm. song should people have on their pumped up playlist? Oh, definitely. Um, Be faithful by Fatman Scoop. There's something about that song that is like every party gets going when you play that song. I don't know if you know it. Do you know the Give me. I never knew there was a love like this before. I just want to hear you sing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. I love that song. <laughs> Favorite album? This was a hard one because there's so many, but I would have to say Beyonce's um, I Am Sasha Fierce, the album that had Halo and um, Ego on that. Like, Diva was on that album as well. Um, that album, I think, was one of like one of my favorite Beyonce albums amongst many others but that one is the one that like made me realize the importance of songwriting and being an artist versus being like your personal life and your artist life and she kind of brought it together which I love do you have a favorite podcast yes uh it's called and the writer is by uh, with Ross um, Golan oh, and it's basically that? a podcast about um different songwriters that have written like songs that we all know but we wouldn't know the people behind those songs and he invites them onto his podcast to talk about the writing process behind the scenes of the music industry and who they are like so it's really good and even sometimes it's like not even songwriters we don't know be like the artists themselves that have written songs and one of the recent episodes was actually Michael Bublé had come on and talked about his success because he's like mega mega like huge i really really love that it's a really good one for artists and people who just appreciate music as well should definitely listen to that podcast it's really cool what app can't you live without as a music lover i would say spotify slash app music i yeah. just can't live without it i need some good music but app that i'm like obsessed with right now definitely tiktok tiktok is where it's at like i'm literally on that app like scrolling scrolling posting having fun that's what i really love about tiktok favorite tiktok account to follow beyonce just had like just like got onto tiktok recently so i'm going to say her because she hasn't even posted anything and it's already my favorite account and there's nothing on it like that just shows (laughs) how much like we love beyonce it's like beyonce 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 And so, like, what's your favorite thing to do on a weekend? Honestly, just like chill with my family, and also I love me a good brunch, like yes. you know, brunch with, with the girls. I love love brunch. And do you whatever. have a favorite? I, I would say uh, Layla's rooftop. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. And I will also say Sophie's. I must try those out. <laughs> Um, so like yes. this weekend, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be playing Body Loud and Proud because it is yeah. out right now for people to listen to. Yes, I am so, 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 so excited for everyone to hear Body. Um, it's it's different. It's fresh. I feel more grown, I guess. And I love the vibe of it. I love what it's about. It feels good to have it out. I hope everybody likes it. So like before I let you go, let's stop talking about the track. Let's play <laughs> it out. Do you want to introduce it for us? Yes. This is Sole and this is my new single Body on the Bellissimo Files. Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Something that we are getting more of at the moment is Scream. It is out in cinemas right now. And as Brian Lloyd told us, everybody is absolutely loving it. Stars have come back. 
And we also have a new cast. I got to catch up with a past cast member, Marley Shelton. She played Deputy Judy Hicks. She is now a sheriff and she has brought along with her a son, Wes Hicks, who's played by Dylan Minetti. I got to chat to both of them about the film. Marley and Dylan, great to meet you both. Great to meet you as well. Marley, how did you find out that there was going to be another Scream and what was your reaction when you were first approached? I'm friends with one of our amazing... I'm Sherrick. And so he called me personally and he said, guess what? We're relaunching the Scream franchise and Deputy Judy Hicks is going to be in it. And I I couldn't believe it. I was like, that is amazing. And um, it was during the pandemic. And so just the idea of getting to do something creative and let alone be a part of this beloved franchise, I, I was ecstatic. Dylan, I heard that you heard that this was a possibility and you went, there is no way I'm not going to be a part of this. How did you get yourself involved? I mean, that is true. I Well, it's interesting. At first, when I just got sent like a thing about it and just said scream i was skeptical because I, I i just assumed it was a remake and then, so at first i was like absolutely not no way there's like no information about it it just said scream and i didn't know that it was like a continuation at all so i was like nah and then i and then i asked more questions I was like well what is this what why are they doing this and then i found out it was a continuation uh, and it's a relaunch and i was like oh my god okay never mind I'll, I'll do this and i yeah i did like it was the beginning of quarantine i did like a tape you know most actors do but i hadn't done a tape in so long and I, I hate doing them but i was like going to do it for this and i uh roundabout ended up doing it different parts and i was really persistent and i uh really i feel like i kind of like forced my way in there yeah molly you turn up to set what was it like for you walking back onto that set? What was it about 10 years later? 10 years later, I have to tell you, putting on that deputy uniform, <laughs> which, you know, I got promoted to sheriff in, in this installment, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was feeling myself with my sheriff's hat and my badge. It was surreal to get to reprise a role 10 years later and also not not only reprise, but so many things had happened to these characters that were built into the plot, including having a 16 year old son. Is that the scariest thing? (laughs) A lot lot has transpired in this borough. We don't know who the father is, but yeah, but, (laughs) or do we? (laughs) But it was a riot. And I think also just literally stepping foot on set that first day was fascinating because we were all wearing this PPE. So like there were cast members in the scene that we were shooting that I didn't get to see their face until we were rolling camera because we all had masks on. So that was also kind of jarring and its own horror film. because You know, they're like, okay, action. And then you're like, oh my gosh. Well, you, you're you, you would rehearse that way with everyone. You'd make <laughs> yeah. scenes together and you all have masks on and then the mask comes off. You're like, I feel so exposed. Yeah. Like, they can actually judge <laughs> exactly. my acting now. And this is so Exactly. But where did my safety, my security yeah, blanket go? <laughs> no. Dylan, do you remember the way you reacted when you first saw that mask? Ghost face turn up. Because I was talking to Jasmine and Mason. They said the first time they saw it was in craft services. Where was the first time you came into contact with Ghostface? It's funny. The first time I saw it, I can't really talk about, but I... Okay. I'll just say it was uh, it was startling. I wish I could talk about it more, but it was um, either way. It's just like you're like, holy, this is I'm looking at a Ghostface mask. This is crazy. You're kind of starstruck, frankly, because Ghostface is this iconic star of the film, essentially, right? And and also Ghostface is tall. It, it, it looms over you. He, she, it looms over you, and you're just sort of like 
a little tongue-tied, a little starstruck. Well, do you know what? You're not going to have to be keeping secrets very much longer because this is going to be out there for the fans to enjoy, and I hope you enjoy it too. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. Scream is in Irish cinemas now. Break, 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 break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? Every week, there seems to be a lot of things that just goes over our head. We're all so busy. So joining me in studio is producer Aoife to bring us up to date with things that we may have missed this week. How's it going, Aoife? All good, all good. It's that time of year. There's so much TV and movie news that I feel like there's so much we're missing. So that's why I love this segment. Yeah, well, including... Um, now, I know last, last week I was here going, oh, I'm so over the awards and, you know, it's all just starting. <laughs> but when there's Irish thrown into the mix, I think we get a bit excited. Yeah. And, and I think when we say we're over the awards, I think it depends on which awards, right? Yes. Is that You can't be cheesy like that, can you? Uh, I think you can. Well, we can. (laughs) The Screen Actors Guild Award. These are awards that are voted by the actors themselves. So for their peers, by their peers. It is in America. It goes out on... The awards will be presented on Sunday, the 27th of February. But the reason why we're so excited is there's a heap of Irish nominations in there. Two in particular really stand out for us. Yes. Katrina Belf for her performance in Belfast. She was... I saw that yesterday and she was... Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. As was Ruth Negger in um, Passing. Remember we had on the show yes. a little... A, yeah. It was late last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Passing's on Netflix. Belfast is in cinemas now. They've both been nominated, as they should be, in um, Best Supporting Female Actor. Even if we're not into the awards anymore, we will always get behind our Irish nominees. <laughs> exactly. And look... Um, Belfast has been nominated as well. So this is basically ba- uh, a love letter to Belfast from Kenneth Branagh, who grow- grew up there. The cast have been nominated for performance by a cast in a motion picture. They're up against the likes of Don't Look Up and House of Gucci. Gaga is, has obviously mm-hmm. been nominated for her role yeah. in House of Gucci. But that's amazing. And do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they walk away with the SAG. I'd love to see it. Yeah. And, and also there was a history-making award this week, uh, this year for the SAGs. Oh. The category that went into history is um, the best actor in a TV series because Succession has three actors from the same show <laughs> in that category. So we've got Brian Cox, Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin. What makes this even bigger is the fact that Succession for the first two seasons never got a nomination, Aoife. Wow, I, I really need to get on the Succession bandwagon. Have you not watched I, it yet? It's on my list. It's on my list, okay, I swear. I, I will stop <laughs> giving out to you. Once you get into it, you are hooked. But this is what I mean. There's so much new TV out at the moment and that's where I'm going to bring you next. I want to have a talk about um, something that dropped yesterday. It might give you a little bit of ooh, because I think we all watched it in the beginnings of lockdown yeah. number one, 2020. Cheer is back. The uh, series on Netflix about the Navarro cheer team in Texas. Um, we all loved the first season. I loved seeing the behind the scenes, what goes into it. I do think we all had an element of being a little uncomfortable with how much work these kids put in and how yep. much stress they're under. Yep. So season two dropped yesterday. I've been really excited to see it. All of their lives have changed dramatically since the first season because they now have fame on top of the stress of the sport anyway. And there's been a lot of controversy surrounding some members of the team since it did air. I watched the first episode last night and it was uncomfortable. I, I'm i going to stick it out because I'm, I'm quite invested in the people who are involved in the show. But to see these kids trying to deal with the pressures of the team, which is intense anyway... 
along with them, they're being dragged to TV interviews. They're Same. being dragged yeah. to meet different celebrities. Like one of the girls was brought out as a surprise for Kendall Jenner. It's huge, 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 huge. And to see them try and manage that on top of the sport as well is tough to watch. But I'm going to keep going and you'll, see. Hopefully it'll... You'll go back for more. I will, I will. Yeah. Now, yesterday, well, this week, the country has been left reeling after the death of Ashley Murphy. And yesterday we saw a huge turnout at a number of vigils across the country to show their um, their condolences to her and her family. If you couldn't make any yesterday, there are another few happening around Dublin today and the rest of the country. There's one happening in Blanchardstown at 2 o'clock today, the People's Park in Dunleary at 4 o'clock today, St. Patrick's Green in Donabay at 5 o'clock today, and a number of other ones around the city as well. So if you can get out and show your support please do. Gail has been making music for 10 years. I know she's only 17, but yeah, she basically started when she was seven. She was signed a couple of years ago, but thanks to TikTok, her music has now blown up. She's had over 500 million worldwide streams and ABCD EFU went to number one in the Irish charts. I was very excited to catch up with her. Gail, it is so cool to meet you. Hello, it is lovely to meet you. Congratulations, not only half a billion global streams, but we're very excited here in Ireland. You've gone to number one. (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't know that. When you were writing this, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think that across the ocean you'd be going to number one? No, I mean, especially not writing it. Honestly, writing it, it was such a fun time writing the song because I literally just wrote it with, like, my friends. So it was, I mean, a good time. But no, we did not think it would be what it is now, especially because even when we were writing the song, we wrote this song, like, over a year ago. Like, we wrote it in, like, um, mid-2020. And it was one of those things where like TikTok wasn't even like on my radar yet. And so like I would I could never have like thought when writing this song, like, oh, this is a song that's like gonna do well on TikTok and this is gonna go on the radio and do all these things. Like, no, like it's so shocking and amazing and exciting. That is really mad. We're only talking mid-2020, so 18 months ago, TikTok mm-hmm. wasn't even on your radar. And now it is the thing that Skype because like you released this was it in August of 2021 and it was there it was doing its thing but all of a sudden thanks to TikTok it skyrocketed didn't it it did honestly it like went to like 10 to 100 you know like it was like it was doing its thing like with ABC being out in like two to three weeks it already was like my highest stream song so it already like did better than anything that I've ever done so it was like great so there it is it did it it did it it hit a million streams and I was you like were yeah, happy. you were happy you were happy with that exactly. <laughs> because the most a song's ever gotten was like 500,000 streams like I had 12 thousand monthly listeners before ABC came out like I had music out but I also like it had been a year like the last time I literally released a song was August 20 like 19 like it was or something like that it was like it took me a minute before like I released music again and so like my monthly listeners went down people weren't really like consistently listening to my music which was fine like it was obviously like it didn't make me happy but I was like not mad about it either especially when I like didn't have music out so when it was out I was like there it is that's it and so when it went it did like a hundred million streams. I mean, now it's at like two hundred million, which is literally mind-boggling. Like, I literally can't like comprehend it. I read an interview and you said, "I'm looking forward to people making assumptions about me and proving them wrong." What mm-hmm. is the biggest assumption that biggest mistake that people have made about you? I think sometimes the biggest thing is like 
Um, because when you when you're on social media and you have a song that like does well on social media, the biggest thing is like people thinking that you didn't do the things you did before social media. Like mm-hmm. I was writing songs before I was on TikTok. I was doing music before I was on TikTok. Like I've been doing music for 10 years and I've been on TikTok for almost two. You know, it's like such a small part of my artistry and what I was doing. Yeah. And like I was literally just making music in Nashville trying to post it on Twitter and Instagram and all the social medias and then TikTok kind of started becoming a thing. So I started posting there and ABC was the first song that I was angry in. And I'm definitely more than just like the angry girl. And like, I write a lot of my songs and, you know, it's not just like one song. Also, like it isn't this big, like marketing scheme, super planned out to the T. Like I just like, posted a song and it did well and then I was like oh I should probably put this out like it wasn't this big like she's gonna post this this time and this is gonna happen like no I was just on TikTok and like you genuinely cannot put a plan to that like you cannot plan what happened two final questions one has the ex reached out to you and two how many people have asked you about the dog a lot of people have asked about about the dog that's for sure they asked asked me like what type of dog is What's the dog's name? Well, and what then, type of dog is it, and what is the dog's it's name? A, I, it's Kayla. Actually, I never said the dog's name in the interview because I also like at the end of the day, like, am I 100% telling this person to like f off and their whole entire family and everything to do with them? Yes, but like, I don't want the internet to do that to him personally. Yeah. You know, like I still want to give him some like privacy in some sense because like he knows who he is, but then like. I know he knows those are the only people that really need to know, you know? I mean, honestly, I blocked him on everything in February of 2021. I blocked him on everything except text. And I got like a no caller ID call a month or two ago. And I remember when I got the call, I was like, it's him. I don't know what it was, but I instantly thought of him. And so then I picked up the phone call and I just said, hello. And then they hung up. So maybe... Well, do you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm just glad that you're creating this space for you to process your emotions and for people to know that it's okay to feel emotion and enjoy your music at the same time. Gail, thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for spending time with me and caring. I really appreciate it. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. She is back in studio with us. It is producer Aoife. Aoife, I can't believe that last time, last time, like it was weeks ago, just a few segments ago you were in and you mentioned the name Avril Lavigne. I know. We have new music from Avril Lavigne. Apparently she's bringing out an album very soon that's going to be called Love Sucks. So she's very much going down her punk rebellion type of thing still. I don't think Avril from the 2000s has changed very much and you'll hear why in this track that she's brought out with Black Bear. It's called Love It When You Hate Me. Don't call me baby I love it when you hate me When she started, I went, ouch, that hurts my ears. But then I went, oh, I actually quite like this. You would think that was released in the early 2000s. Yeah. Bar the very 2020s <laughs> rap drop in the middle of it. <laughs> so it's, is she back back? 
I think so. I mean, if there's an album on the way, she must be. Um, apparently, she has released a track off it already, which must have fallen under our radar, which I'm sad to say. But I think the fact that Black Bear is in this, he's quite big anyway, so I think it will do well and she will hopefully come back into the spotlight again. I, I, I'm giggling because while you were talking, something just popped into my mind. <laughs> do you remember a while ago, there were photos and memes during the round of Avril Lavigne <laughs> meeting, her, <laughs> meeting her fans? No. Oh, if you haven't seen <laughs> oh, if you haven't seen it, you need to Google it on um online because it is so awkward. Oh, She's God. and this was pre pre pandemic, so the two meter rule wasn't in place. Oh. It is just so but she awkward. put it in place, did yeah, she? she? I think she did. So Google Avril Lavigne fan meet and greets. It is the most awkward thing you will see online in a long time. Mm, interesting. It's actually also being released under Travis Barker's um record oh. label, which is interesting. So Travis Barker, Courtney Kardashian. Yes. Wow. I, okay. I, I really feel like we have just gone back to early two thousands. It does. It feels like <laughs> yeah. it's very much a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> now they are up against. Yes. So these guys also fell under my radar at first. You might remember Bill and Ted. They had um, the remix of Wellerman that was huge. I don't oh, yeah. know if that was my time is skewed. Was that early twenty twenty one? Was it twenty twenty? I think that was twenty twenty one. And I we all thought that Nathan F. Evans was going to be huge, and we sort of haven't heard from him again. Yeah. So they were behind the remix of that. They've now brought out a track with someone who's been on our show many times, JC Stewart, who we love here, and it's called Twenty Four Seven. I absolutely love this. Do you know what I love about JC Stewart? He's just going and going and then one day he's just going to explode. Does that make sense? Yeah, I did see when I was researching this and it's something I know he said to us when he was on the show before. He refers to himself as the professional sad boy, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) And he's far from it. I know. uh, We had him on sharing his favourite things a while ago and actually that is up on our website now. It was one of my favourite ones that we've ever done. He was brilliant. Wasn't he? Yeah. So so go on there if you want to find out what his favourite things were and if you see that, you think he is far from being a professional sad boy because he's hilarious. He's very, very funny and had a lot of unique favourite things as well. But Bill and Ted, I didn't know this and I need to do more research on it, but apparently they used to be in death metal bands. No, they didn't. They're a duo who used to be in death metal bands and they've moved to the world of dance music and they've written written tracks for 220 Kid, Hugel, MNEK, Sleepwalkers, uh, they've remixed Little Mix, Saweetie, Sam Fisher, Anne-Marie, James Arthur... And now they're bringing out their own stuff. So I need to go and look at their back catalogue of what they've worked on before. They sound really, really interesting. Because this is completely different. Yeah, totally different. They're both up for your track of the week. Make sure you head over to at Official Spin 138 where you can get in your last minute vote and we'll play out one of them in just a couple of minutes. And while you do that, we love this girl on the show. I'm so excited by this one and and this track as well. Leah Moran has been our one to watch. She's been on the show a couple of times and this is her new track, which I am absolutely loving. It is called What Happened to Us. What happened to us and I've been looking for an argument so I can hate you. I've been praying for some problems so I wouldn't have to face it. The fact that nothing happened that we just couldn't lie. Surviving my head, surviving my head. 
I love that. It's one of those songs, it's a bit like Olivia Rodrigo, Adele. If you've ever been through a breakup, it's one of those songs that will really hit you in the feels. I think everyone will be able to relate to it. And I just love her voice as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think that this year we're going to see so much more from Absolutely. Liam Warren. Yeah. yeah. Time for this. Come on. Are you ready? Eva's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> What is it this week, Aoife? Oh, my favourite time of the week. And Serena, I'm just hoping we're going to get news soon that nightclubs are coming back because every week I pick my dance track, I just think I want to hear this in a venue. And this one is no different. It's a big, big banging dance track from Low Steppa and it's called Get Up. We're both smiling and dancing away to that. That would go off, wouldn't it? Oh, I just can't wait to get back to a club and hear that kind of music. That's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I'm with you. But listen, that's not the Bellissimo Files single of the week. What is? I've I've actually sneaked in another dance track as the Bellissimo Files track. I'm not going to (laughs) complain. This is the new one from Bill and Ted and JC Stewart. Voted for by you. It's called 24-7 on the Bellissimo Files. I got you 24-7. 365 <laughs> Ever since the moment that I met you that your Bellissimo Files single of the week is Bill and Ted and JC Stewart with 24-7. Don't forget if you want to catch more new music you can do so on the Spin Fresh playlist. Head over to our website or app and you can get all the latest new music there. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. If you've missed anything, all the interviews are up as videos so you may want to watch that up on our website spin1038.com I'm very excited about next week Aoife because on next week's show we're joined by more of the Scream cast including mm. Jenna Ortega. Ella Henderson's going to be chatting to us and some of the cast from Belfast, the new Kenneth Brenner film, which is fabulous. But up next, it is Neve Necronum with Pop Radio. We'll see you next week. Bye. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin.